Hello, Robin. Hello. How's it going, buddy? You all right? <laughs> it's all right now that we've kind of got ourselves going with all the bits and pieces we have to do before we start. I know, technical, isn't it? Technicalities. We find it complicated every week, don't we? Yeah, and we seem to forget more and more each week. How did yeah. I How did I do that? What happened here? <laughs> I mean, it's all pointless if you're listening to the podcast. You don't really need to see it. But we do like to record our conversation with Skype as well, don't we? Yeah, I mean, the idea is that we're going to try and put a bit more on our, on our YouTube channel, aren't we? Yeah, we have a YouTube channel now, everyone. That was a nice little link. WN Movie Talk Podcast YouTube channel. Up at the moment... I've got a couple of quizzes up there now. Cool. I've got the tricky quiz that I mentioned last week. Yep. Uh, a, a slightly easier guess the eighties film quiz. Um, a Scarface movie trivia quiz that we set up alongside Scarface last week. So we're going to keep adding quizzes. Nice. But we're also doing pictorial podcasts. So we're editing our podcasts into like sort shorter versions of themselves, cutting out all the faff. And uh, putting lovely images up with it as well to accompany them. So, yeah, if you haven't already checked out our YouTube channel, get over there, subscribe, have a go at the quizzes, like them, let us know in the comments below how you're doing, etc., etc. Share them to your Facebook pages and challenge your friends to see how good they are. See if you can better them. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm on, I'm on there. I've got it now. I've got it now. Have you? Yeah. Have you had a go? You had a go at the eighties quiz, didn't I you? I did. Yeah, I did the uh, visual one. Yeah, yeah. And the movie trivia quiz is pretty difficult, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, everyone keeps telling me. But I mean, the eighties quiz—they're not a giveaway. I've done a lot of quizzes online, and they're all like just so obvious. Whereas I like to be a bit more obscure. I find screenshots that maybe people will go, "Oh, what is that?" But they won't get it. You know, not necessarily. Yeah, so it's a real test of your metal. There, I don't want to give it away. That's not what I'm about. Bastard. <laughs> it's got to be a challenge, isn't it? Anyway, any woohoo. So this week, it's uh, Robin's choice of film, The Gangs of New York. Mm-hmm. That was your choice, wasn't it, Rob? It was, yeah. And I, I did enjoy it. And last week, we talked about Scarface. And I was thinking, again, we haven't linked the two films. We haven't gone, oh, we're going to do this because there's a link. But can you think of any links between this film and last week's film, Scarface? This is by, uh, I guess... Uh, because this is by Scorsese. Yeah. Um, so then there's that gangster link that way with uh, Al Pacino. Well, it usually works with De Niro, but Al Pacino oh, is... Oh, God, no, it. not... Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> oh, what am I talking about? Oh, shut up. I don't know what I'm talking about. No. Oh, I, I thought there was a couple of good links, actually, Robin. Yeah, you do that. Right, edit that bit out. Cut, action, start. All right, so Scarface was originally... Well, it's about immigrants coming over into america last week it was the cubans this week it's the irish yes flocking in off the boats that's a good link uh, another link mm. the original scarface was produced by howard hughes right who leonardo dicaprio would later play in the aviator directed by martin scorsese so massive link great link. absolutely and I mean, this, you know, this is this is the start of the sort of the gang. Well, not necessarily the start, but this is gang warfare, isn't it? Gang culture, you know, yeah. all in there, all mixed into the cooking pot. Yeah. But this is more political back then as well, wasn't it? This was how they sort of sorted things out. <laughs> through gang it, war. Well, it was. Yeah. But then, as you say, like the political element to it, then they started to take advantage of the numbers and the gangs, didn't they? And they used them to. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. basically get their way. But we'll, we'll dig into that we'll dig as into we that, dig into the we film. we dig into the film, yeah, yeah. Mm. So when we do a film we, each week, 
we try and come up with a question to throw to our <laughs> Facebookers. So if you are Sorry. following us, if you're listening to us and you want to get involved in the conversation, go over to facebook.com forward slash WN Movie Talk Podcast or instagram.com forward slash Movie Talk Podcast. And yeah, each week we'll post up a question and you can have your say. So we sort of almost forgot, didn't we, this week? Well, no, you didn't forget. I completely forgot. And then you messaged me. I was messaging you about, it was about half past 12 last night. As I was messaging, I was thinking, what's the time? Oh, it's half past 12. You might be asleep. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) I just sleep through it. I didn't even notice. Well, there you go. But yes, uh, you were right. What did we end up? What did we settle on in the end? Because we had a few well, ideas, Well, you said didn't we? about history, and I said it was a bit vague, history. So I sort of narrowed it down to American history. What's your favourite American history movies? We didn't have a great response, because mm. you came up with a couple. You thought of a couple, well, didn't you? I thought of Lincoln. Yeah. Because, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis again, isn't it, actually? Yeah. Same era as well, isn't it? Same sort of time, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, and I can't, I can't even remember the other one I came up with. We go, we go through what everyone else has got up first. Let's have, yeah, let's do that. Over on Instagram, Joaquin Orellana said, "The Birth of a Nation," which is, I think, that's like a classic American epic. I'm just, I, I was going to say, I'm just googling it now to have a look. Oh, okay, yeah, the birth of a nation. God, that's an old film. When is it 1915? 1915, the release date, February the 8th, 1915. D.W. Griffiths. It's uh, it's made a bit of the box office. Yeah. It was the first blockbuster Hollywood hit. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was a good one there. Well done. Um, and then Timoy Ticket said Lincoln, that's what you said, yeah. Uh, yeah. plus Gettysburg, 1993. Now, I've heard of Gettysburg. I've never seen it. Okay. Uh, I Googled it. It's four hours and 20 minutes long. That is Whoa. amazing, isn't it? That's, That's nearly as long as the American history. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, again, it's got quite high ratings. It seems good. It's got uh, Martin Sheen and Tom Berenger. Yeah. Stephen Lang and Jeff Daniels. So, quite a good cast from 1993. So, it might be one worth watching at some point. Yeah, okay. And then, over on the FB, we had Simon Viles said, it's been a bit funny here. I like this. I said, what is your favourite American history movies? And he's put American History X. Not seen one to nine, though. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. That's brilliant. Oh, dear. But yeah, I, I thought of a few more American history then. films. Go on uh, then. The Patriot. Never seen it, but I thought of it. I mean, it, it's a vague thing. I mean, Goodfellas is American history, isn't it? It could be anything. Apollo 13. Yeah, that's history. an American history. Yeah, I guess we. Uh, yeah, and this is it. And we, talked, we talked briefly about westerns before, didn't we? And there's a lot of uh, um, western films that, again, come under the category of American history. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, and then okay. uh, and then of course you've got all the Vietnam films because that is American history. American history. You know? Yeah, yeah. So and there's a stack then, load of them in there, isn't and there? And I guess we could throw 2001 in there now as well. <laughs> Um, but you know I'm just going through I mean JFK that's another one yeah did I just not say JFK did you just say JFK yeah well I was meant to if I didn't 
So JFK, like you said, the right stuff. Yeah, that's not history, is it? Is that made up? I don't know, actually. I don't know enough about it. Uh. I've seen it on Disney+, Plus, so I might watch it one day. Yeah, okay. There's a couple of good... Um, oh, Saving Private Ryan, that's that's American. That's made up. Is that made up as well? Yeah, only the beginning bit is true, and then it's like... That's, that's why it's my least favourite of the war films. Right, okay. After the initial D-Day scene, it's just every, all the best scenes from every war film ever made all thrown into one story <laughs> about, oh, we got to get him out because he's the last sibling. They didn't, no one cared if there was only one sibling left in a family. Loads yeah. of families were wiped out, you know? Yeah. Oh, Christ, it just yeah. made up, it's just stupid. Just didn't make, it, I, 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 I lost interest after that. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. I love I a love war it. film, but I was watching that and I was just going, but this is, this is a scene out of All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, this is just like a scene out of Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. The snipe, you know, it's all, every scene was done before. You just think, get your own fucking film, Spielberg. <laughs> and there's so many, there's so many interesting stories from D-Day that why do you make one up? Just tell an interesting story, you know? That's, I preferred the thin red line. There you go. What I was going to say, right, um, about uh, American history films is, have you ever come across, I've got the box set of it, there's two films, Flags of Our Fathers, which is Clint Eastwood, and and then the... Letters from Iwo Jima or something? Yeah, Letters to Iwo Jima or whatever it's called. Yeah, I have seen them. They're intertwined, aren't they? Yeah, they're basically Mm. both looking uh, from both sides of the war, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Flags of Our Fathers, I believe, is Clint Eastwood. I think he'd done them both. Did he do them both? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, there you go. I was thinking Roots, but that was more of a series, wasn't it? Yeah, I, funny. I, I thought about that, actually. And then it got me thinking about it. When I was a kid, I, I, can't, I can't find it now. But I remember there was um, a TV series. It was a generational TV series, a bit like Roots. But it was about... Uh, a- Vickers. Huh? Was it about a family of, with a priest in it? The fawn birds. I don't think so. Mm. I think, I know, someone was murdered in it. Right. In the first one. And it goes on through the years and they don't find the murderer. And maybe I just dreamt it. Twin Peaks. No. (laughs) No, I don't know. No. That sounds good. I couldn't tell you what it was. But it was, it's it's always kind of like sat with me. And I always think of it when I think of Roots, but it isn't Roots because Roots didn't have that element to it. Well, if anyone else out there knows what that might be, please get in touch with us. That'd be great to find out. Vague, vague thing from the 1980s. I always remember the fawn birds. I don't know why. I just remember watching that, and that was a generational thing. Went on. I don't, don't remember that. I don't know why. I, I would have been like five when it was on. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> I Nan and Granddad you. had the book on their bookshelf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was telling my son about that uh, with their bookshelf the other day, and I was saying about David Attenborough mm. because when when we when we were kids, David Attenborough was on their bookshelf, and um, he was their age then. You know, in the 80s, he seemed really old then. I mean, he was our grandparents' age, you know. And it's the fact he's still going, isn't it? It's like, he's still really old. Well, I was watching this. Get younger. I was watching this, Gangs of New York, and I was going like, that's Henry Thomas. That's Elliot out of E.T. Playing someone the same age as Leonardo DiCaprio. Is it? Yeah, his mate, the first one he meets. That's Elliot out of E.T. And I'm thinking, well, he must be like 15 years older than Leonardo DiCaprio, and he's still playing a child. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, Henry Thomas. Yeah, oh, my God. He would have been like 12 in E.T. in 1982, was it? 81, 82? Yeah. 
And then this was 2000, so he must have been like 32, 2002. Yeah. But then it got me thinking, like, that 20 years between E.T. and Gangs of New York seemed like a massive length of time, didn't it? Mm, yeah. But it doesn't seem like 20 years ago that Gangs of New York came out, does it? But it was. <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean. Uh, is there anything else? Any films you watched this week, Rob? Well, weirdly, yes. Uh, w- went to the cinema to watch Uncharted. Based on the game, isn't it? Which I've n- never played the game. It, I've never. I don't know the what game. the game is. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, I don't know much about the game, but the film was enjoyable. Yeah. I think Tom Holland, to be fair, was probably the best bit of the film. He was very good. What, you good. mean Mark Wahlberg wasn't any good, in it? He had his moments. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tom Holland is great. I enjoy watching him. Do you know, he came across in this film like he was really just enjoying himself. Mm. He's got a bit of a swagger about him now. He just seems very comfortable, confident. It's his movie. You know, it's no different to his sort of Spider-Man sort of character. Yeah. He's sort of jumping around a few good gags and bits and pieces in it. It just, yeah, but he just sort of, I guess he just sort of stole the show. Yeah, good. He's got potentially quite a good career ahead of him, hasn't he? Yeah. So, Robin, what are we talking Tammany about? Tammany Hall. Tell me what we're, we're talking, talking about. We're talking about going to Tammany Hall with the gangs of New York. I can't put it on because Gangs of New York. My name is Bill the Butcher, and I am going to gangs of New York talking about gangs. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I know. We really got to work on our accents and things, haven't we? Because we, not, what, not every week that goes by, it, gets, it seems to get worse rather than I've, better. Watching this, Bill the Butcher, a brilliant character brilliantly played by Daniel Day-Lewis, but mm. it just reminded me of uh, Vic Reeves doing Kinky John Fowler. <laughs> <laughs> I am Kinky John Fowler. <laughs> Maybe that's who he was inspired by. I think it probably was. So this was your choice, Robin. What made you choose this film then? I just... You know, I just, uh, I remember it from, I've I've seen it quite a few times. It was one of those films that I really got into. And I, I think it was um, the Daniel Day-Lewis character, you know, uh, Bill the Butcher, yeah, yeah. Uh, William Cutter. Um, I just thought, when I, when I saw that the first time, I just thought he was just brilliant, terrifying character. Mm. I love those sorts of characters where whenever they're in the scene, I just love it when there's that tension around a character. Yeah. You know that they've got the potential to blow, to be violent. Mm. When I first saw it, I just thought it was brilliant. And uh, I think he got an Oscar for this, didn't he? He's won an Oscar three times. My Left Foot, um, this, and... Now, I can't remember if it was Lincoln or if it was There Will Be Blood. I think it was Lincoln. I think There Will Be Blood. I think there were... I mean, that was brilliant as well. I mean, that's my... Out of all of them, that's my favourite. Yeah. Let's write this. What films did Daniel (laughs) Day-Lewis win the Oscars for? See, this is all stuff we should have done before. Uh, My Left Foot. Well, There Will Be Blood. And Lincoln, so he didn't win an Oscar for this. Oh, okay. So let's go back to what I was saying. So I thought his performance in this was brilliant, but um, not as good as There Will Be Blood, where, of course, we know, because we are film experts, that he did get an Oscar for. And of course, he he, he didn't get one for this, did he? No. It must have been nominated. I got it. I would have thought so. My name's Daniel Plainfield. (laughs) I put my straw all the way into your milkshake. And I drink it all up. I could be Daniel Day-Lewis, couldn't I? You could, actually. I thought, yeah, you could. If you had that eye. I like the bit where he 
he tinks Taps the eye, eye yeah it's the good isn't it because he actually had something in his eye didn't he like to an eyeball yeah but he put like this plasticky thing in there to act as his fake eye um Do you mean like a like a lens to simulate like Bill a- the Butcher's fake eye, Daniel Day-Lewis had his own eyeball covered in prosthetic glass. And Daniel Day-Lewis learned to tap his fake eye with the tip of his knife without blinking. Blinking, eh? I mean, he goes to a lot of lengths, doesn't he? He learned how to be a butcher. Yeah. In this, he learned how to throw knives. Yeah. He's a bloke, isn't he? But, yeah, but is it right? He came Apparently he came out of semi-retirement where he was a cobbler in... Oh yeah, is, like, is it Venice or Vienna? Somewhere, somewhere beginning with V. He's uh, he makes shoes, doesn't he? He's, he's left acting to make shoes. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, and then he came out of retirement to make one more film with Paul Thomas Anderson, and it was The Phantom Thread. Have you seen that? And he plays a seamstress. No. He plays a seamstress in it. Why would you come out and do that? <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. It's like he's saying now he's still pestering him. I've got another film I want you to do, and they just really enjoy working together. Mm. So it might happen. You never okay. know. All right. Okay. So anyway. So yeah. So I think that's why I really enjoyed the film. I really liked the film. But I I chose it because I'd also recently picked up the book in a charity shop. All oh, right. It's from 1928, isn't it? Is that what it was written? Yeah. The Gangs of New York was written by Herbert Asbury. Right. And basically, he'd gone through a lot of the sort of newspaper articles at the time and, yeah. and legendary stories and that sort of thing. And, um, and I, I started reading that. And you can sort of see why Scorsese would have bitten on this one, because there was such potential, I think, in this film. Mm. Should we tell the people who, you know, most people who are listening to a podcast about uh, gangs in New York probably know the story of gangs in New York but should we just fill them in quickly just in case you don't so gangs in New York is set back during well it's the very early days of New York City and the Irish uh, in the middle of the potato famine so they're flocking over here getting on the boats over they come. We've got the American Civil War going on at the same time. Abraham Lincoln yep. abolishing the slave trade. And it's all about the different factions and the different gangs. Um, and the most prominent one is the one run by uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's... The Native Americans. The Natives, yeah. Yeah. Um, which allow more and more Irish in, because at the beginning you see a big battle between... The Dead Rabbits. The Dead Rabbits, led by Liam's Neeson. And Bill the Butcher and his gang. But then you see a lot of his gang, or especially like one of the chaps, Billy Elliot's dad, who was friends with Liam Neeson at the beginning, and he ends up with Bill the Butcher, doesn't well, he? Well, he does, but I think that's because when Liam Neeson's character is, is, is killed, the dead rabbits are banned, aren't they? No one shall speak their name! Yep. yep. From this moment on! And all of that malarkey. So, and then you've got so, Liam Neeson's son witnesses the death and then he flees, and he later comes back years later. Yeah, he gets put into a he gets put into a uh, what would you call it? A, correctional. Uh, it's a correctional monastery or something, isn't yeah. it? Where it's kind of like. But he comes back years later, and he's Leonardo DiCaprio. But it's it's interesting though because the whole point of the gangs was it, it was protection initially, just to protect themselves from you know each other, because there was no law, there was no police. Or what there was, the municipal police was was very corrupt. Well, there's the municipal police and the metropolitan, was it? Or 
a little bit later on, the Metropolitan come along as well. But the mu- municipal police, which were there initially, w- were pretty much just thugs. Yeah. They spent a lot of time just looking out for fires because that was always a big factor in that area. Um, yeah, and you had and the then, fighting fire brigades as well. Didn't yeah, you? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that they were very, very much um, expected to do was protect the rich from the poor. Yeah. And, and, and that you see in that in that film where the police officer John C. Riley, yeah where he walks through the um the five points with with the rich people, the yeah. rich with the rich people and he hangs oh, his watch he doesn't he watch and he says you know no one will touch my watch you know and of course later on he ends up hanging from the same post himself <laughs> <laughs> which is brilliant um but yeah so that's how the police kind of operated back then and this is an interesting fact. I don't know if you, if you know this, but uh, so he's in uniform as a police officer. But actually, the municipal police didn't wear that uniform for very long because when they did, people thought that they looked like the English uh, right, yeah. the English police. And of course, there's a lot of Irish over there and Americans didn't like the English either. So they got a lot of grief for it. So actually, the only thing they wore was their badge, which was like a star, like a sheriff's badge, but it was made of copper. Hence... Ah, copper. Hence why they're called coppers and cops. But don't we call them coppers? Oh, I think we copied copied that. We could have had copper badges too. We could perhaps. have done, yeah. But that, So that um, apparently is why they're, they're known as coppers or cops. I love it. I love interesting facts. I've got an interesting fact for you. Go for it. Scorsese, um, you were saying like it seems like the ideal thing for him. He actually bought the rights to this film... Like in the seventies mm. to the book, and um, so obviously, I mean, all a lot of his best work is based around New York. Yeah, um, this would have been a very expensive project. I can't imagine it would ever been made in the seventies, but it was banded about that he was going to make it in the seventies. And do you know who he was going to have play Bill the Butcher and Amsterdam? Uh, was it Mick Jagger and uh, David, <laughs> David Bowie. Bowie? Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, not this time, but John Belushi as Bill the Butcher. For God's sake. Dan Aykroyd <laughs> as Amsterdam. You tell me. I stab you, you, you. I stab you, you, you. In the armpit. Would have been a very different film. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, so that that never happened. I mean, weirdly... I saw this thing on YouTube where he he described it as an American history opera. Yeah. And maybe that's where he was going. Cause that, so maybe he was thinking, hey, we could do this as a musical. I kind of see it. I mean, the sets and that are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can tell it's a set. There's something about you like, I can tell this is made. It's not. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like you're there. No, no, I agree. And a lot of the, the staging of it all is like, it reminds me, because Martin Scorsese directed... Um, Beat it and bad, yeah. And <laughs> I kept thinking, I'm watching Beat It and Bad here, when they're all gangs. Yeah, and, 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 and it's interesting it. you said about the staging of it because that's it. It is like stage sets. It is like an opera. Yeah, it's like yeah. a, a. It's got that sort of feel about it. It is a little bit like Hamilton, which I haven't seen on Disney Channel, but I can't imagine that Hamilton headbutts anyone on a table midway through before stabbing them oh no that is brutal that is brutal i mean there's some great scenes in this oh yeah but yeah. it's not it's not my favorite of scorsese films i like scorsese but when i was younger i loved scorsese films mm-hmm. he's like goodfellas mm-hmm. casino cape fears and like um but then when this come out i was like why is he not working with de niro why is de niro not in this you know and de niro was supposed to be in this i think 
And Leonardo DiCaprio was going to get paid a lot more than De Niro. And I think it caused a bit of a rift between Scorsese Well, and who De would De Niro... De Niro? De Niro? Who would De Niro have been in this? I think he would have been Bill the Butcher. And I think there's points in this where you can see... I think it's the throwing the knife scene. And I'm thinking, like, has Scorsese told uh, Daniel Delos, can you be a bit more like De Niro in this bit? Because there was bits where I think, yeah, I can see De Niro playing that. And I can see De Niro coming out of that performance. Well, I and, don't know uh, about that. I mean, I'm, I personally, I think, thank God he didn't play it. Because I think De Niro can sometimes be a bit wooden. <laughs> if he In some of his later films in particular, he kind of just... You know, he's just being De Niro, and it, I can't, I don't know, I can't see him. But as a younger lad, I was like, oh, why has he chosen Leo? What, you know, and at the time, Leonardo DiCaprio hadn't really proven his mettle. He'd sort mm. of made Romeo and Juliet, Titanic, mm. um, and then he was in The Beach, which I love the book of The Beach, and then a film came out, and I was like, why is he American? Why is Leonardo DiCaprio playing him? You know, yeah. He's English in the book. So I had this bit of a grudge against Leonardo DiCaprio at that point. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't exist anymore. I think he's a brilliant actor and he's, yeah. you know, and he was great in this, watching it again. And it is funny, isn't it? Because you do get actors like that. They just sort of appear in all the films and, and you're just sort of thinking, oh, for God's sake, it's him again, it's him again. And then at some point, yeah, they yeah. hit the right note, don't they? And, it, and you suddenly go, yeah. actually, and I thought he was good in this. Um, it's not his best, but I think he was getting there, wasn't he? He was moving towards becoming that guy, wasn't he then? Um, yeah, yeah. Getting a bit more grubby. Yeah, a little bit more depth and, to his kind of characters. And I mean, he was brilliant in the early films. He was in a De Niro film, wasn't he, called This Boy's Life? Mm. Um, De Niro played his like, abusive father. Okay. Um, and then, was he eating Gilbert's Grape? Have you ever seen that? I haven't. With Johnny Depp? I haven't seen it, no. Uh, it's, oh, it's brilliant. Okay. Great film. And Leonardo DiCaprio, must have been 12 or 13 in it. Yeah. But just a really great performance. It's like a, a sort of a simple kid. He's got like a lot of, he's not the full ticket, but just plays yeah. it so well. I mean, there's no doubt you know? in he's always had the potential. And I think like when he went through Titanic and that, it was with the heart and uh, Romeo and Juliet, it was sort of the heart frobby sort of element to it, wasn't it, coming out? Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then he's kind of gone past that again. We talked about Django and changed him with the other week. He's just awesome in that. Um, and even the film that um, don't look up. Yeah, he's not the sex. You know, fro- not the sex frob. He's not the. <laughs> he might be flobbing sex your sex, that, pal. But <laughs> <laughs> he's not the heart frobbing that, is he? <laughs> but but uh, well, get back to the film. Okay, thank the God for that. The opening scene of this. The opening scene of this. <laughs> We're on the opening scene. We've been going for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson is another character. I another actor. I just think. Yeah. Well, you see, and that's the thing. He's Liam Neeson. Yeah, in exactly. And doesn't do anything different. Yeah, and that's how I feel about the later films with De Niro in, I think, a lot of the time. I think De Niro just plays, mm. he just plays De Niro yeah. later on. I mean, I watched that god-awful film. Was it the Grandpa film he was in? Oh, God. Oh, well, this is it. He went off on that it's like it, comedy tangent, and it's like, what are you Yeah, doing, and so that's probably where I'm coming from with the angle of, you know, oh, I don't know if he played this well. Yeah. I think him and Scorsese, for me, they both sort of tapered off their careers yeah. at the same point when they separated. And, yeah, you know, I've watched a few Scorsese films and enjoyed them, but, I mean, he was using DiCaprio in every film, and I was like, oh, God, him again. But going back to this, <laughs> the first fight scene... I didn't like. I didn't like the music. Like, what the fuck is all that 
modern rock guitar music doing on this period piece. It just yeah. was so out of place. And, that, I, and then they had that shimmery sort of slow motion. I don't know what the effect is, but it's the same as they use in like Gladiator at the fight scene at the beginning of that and the Normandy scenes on Saving Private Ryan. And it just dates the film. It makes, yeah, it I took think me out of the yeah, film. Yeah, I think you're right. I took think me out of the story. Yeah, I think you're right. But it didn't, you know, that, that, that did happen, didn't it, in the first fight? And it, the, I, what I interested me about the first fight was the way that it started off and they're fighting and they're getting hits and that. And I'm thinking, oh, I thought it was bloodier than this. And then gradually, that's what I liked about that fight. Gradually, it, it wraps bloody. up until it's just a bloodbath completely, yeah. you know, and it gets more and more gory as the fight goes on. But you're right, it, it did have that odd, odd music score to it. I mean, it, it, takes, it sets the story up, but you could effectively take that bit out and you'd still run the story. You could still run the film quite well. It's like Scorsese's a great filmmaker. He's a great filmmaker. The fight scenes in Raging Ball were brilliant. Mm. The editing in Casino and Goodfellas are just like some of my favourite edited films, you know? Yeah. The way he uses music coming in and out really quick yeah. and all the shit. But this, it's just like, this could have been made by a sort of a made-for-hire director. You know, there was nothing like, oh, that's amazing. And even to the point where he keeps having flashbacks of things we already know exist. Yeah. Oh, he recognises him. We can tell that because Leonardo is acting like he recognises him and we understand that. But now we have to have a flashback of it. You're like, oh, we don't need a flashback. But obviously, he's, he's set this up. And like you say, then he feeds back into it almost unnecessarily. We know he recognises his characters. We saw them 20 minutes ago. We don't need reminding already. Yeah. Oh, that's who that actor who is exactly yeah. the same oh, actor oh, he was. He's, he's a policeman oh, now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he's he's a fucking... I can't remember what the other one is. Um, Gleeson, what's his name? The Irish chap. Um, the big chap. Yeah, he's the, he becomes the mayor, doesn't sheriff. he? Sheriff, yeah. Didn't realise he's um, Dom Holden Gleeson's dad. Did you know, know that? I don't know who that is. You do. He's in um, Ex Machina. I still don't know who that is. Star Wars. He's in the new Star Wars films. He's the uh, general. Um, oh, him. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's. Yeah. The, you mean he's the traitor? He. The you're tra- the spy. <laughs> Only two films ago, you were blowing up seven planets oh. with billions of people on. <laughs> but you're the spy. Yeah, the- the one who had a great character that he wasted yeah. in the third film. Oh, that could have been any of the cast of the third film. Yeah, it's when he turns up in his spaceship and he goes, it's your mama on the phone. It's like, what the hell? They fly now? <laughs> let's not do that. Let's do, a, let's do a Star Wars slating one day. Because, oh, I could have a field day with that. It'd be lovely. Right, anyway, so, um, yeah, back to the we, uh, yeah, said, uh, movie. Uh, said. Yeah, so... And, you know, there's an interesting bit about that with the... Uh, when, does he become the sheriff? I can't remember what he gets voted in as. Yeah, it's sheriff, isn't it? Yeah, when he gets voted in. When he goes up the steps and Bill the Butcher walks up behind him and lobs the axe in his back, if you watch really carefully, you can see the rubber axe bounce off and flip out of this picture. Ah, uh, right. Um, and then he's got one in his back anyway. He's already got one set up in his back. But when he throws yeah. it, it bounces off. And you do actually see it bounce off. Just a tiny, brief, very moment. But you have to go looking for that. Um, nice but um, I just like yeah that's gruesome it kind of goes a bit like that at times I think ah this film's not so violent and then all of a sudden it really is again and I'm like yeah yeah, it's (laughs) it's it's what it's not a very consistent film it's like 
I don't know, it loses its pace quite a lot. And well, it shifts, doesn't it? I mean, it's two hours, it's a long film. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, so is Casino, but it never stops, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, this one, yeah, I don't know, I enjoyed the story, I like the history. It's got a great cast in it. Jim Broadbent, I really enjoy in it as well. Boss Tweed. Yeah. Tammany, just, Tammany Hall. <laughs> and his little mate, Eddie Marsden, is his little... Yeah, thing. does he actually he say, say anything. anything in the film at all? I don't think I, he has I, any no lines, lines at all. Um, but um, he's a real character from that time, Boss Tweed, mm. uh, or William Tweed. And he actually, he went on for years with uh, his embezzlements and stuff. So I was looking into that. There's a courthouse. It was known as the New York Courthouse now, but it, so it's still there. But it was also known as uh, the Tweed Courthouse. Right. And and basically, I mean, it was just the, the exploitation to the hill. You know, it was sort of thing like there were chairs were like $10,000, you know, for a chair and stuff. And <laughs> it, it, so he was sort of making out all this. It cost all this money. So he was pouring the money in, exploiting it, taking all the money out, you know, out the back sort of thing. And in the end, what happened to him was really interesting because everybody thought he was great and a, a really good guy. And then, but that was because you know the papers were reporting, but not everyone could read. You know, the Irish right. and that they didn't they weren't necessarily able to read what they were saying about him. But the real person that, that brought him down was a guy called Thomas Nast, who was a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. And you should look his cartoons up; they're just amazing. And he basically just put cartoons of this guy and made him out to be you know really uh, greedy and like dodgy and yeah. doing these brilliant cartoons and and that was what actually brought him down and then so what happened was he thought he was untouchable but then because of all the cartoons and that they started looking into him and then he he went off he he ran away to spain to get away from the from the police um but the spanish recognized him from the cartoon strips so they sent him back <laughs> <laughs> so he got caught got sent back and ended up ended up in jail with no money dying of pneumonia so his story is quite interesting on its own. It would have been quite good to have seen his film. Yeah. Maybe they'll make that one day because it's a fascinating, it sounds like a fascinating story. I mean, he really was. Yeah, that's, a, that's the thing of these, like there's a lot of historical stories behind the films you see. There's always something more interesting. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and there's a brilliant line in the film. I did write it down somewhere. Uh, it's something about, ah, oh, the police must be seen to be up, upholding the law. I've written that down as well. <laughs> yeah, especially whilst this is being broken. <laughs> that's a great line classic was a, he had some really good lines actually mm. i don't give a tuppenny fuck about your meat-headed conundrums <laughs> another one of his lines <laughs> yeah so he was a really good character his actual story is fascinating he really was corruption and but he was quite feared as well anyway he wasn't a pushover no and he controlled everything you know, and he particularly saw the opportunity with the Irish coming in and the numbers. And there's this brilliant thing. Do you see the bit? And this is the thing I liked about the film this time round because I'd sort of read into the book. When the voting bit goes on and they're chucking them back in and going, right, it's voting time. Go and do your vote. Yeah, shave his yeah, beard Yeah, what off. they did was they actually did that. They had people grow beards. So they go in, vote. Then they come out, shave off the beard, leave the moustache, go in, vote again. Then they come out, <laughs> shave off the moustache and go in and vote for a third time. It's just like, that's yeah, brilliant. Uh, Eddie Marsden does have a line, doesn't he? He comes in and says, there's more votes than there are voters. Yeah, something about the ballots, isn't it? And he says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's, it's, there's lots of interesting bits like that, though, the sort of historical elements that are in there. Um, the pickpockets was a really interesting one. I didn't write it down. Did you write down the name, all the different names of the pickpockets? No, I didn't. Ah. I just wrote Turtle Dove. Yeah, that's it. I did as well. <laughs> Rubbish. God, we're shit at this, aren't we? <laughs> and this was a defining time, even though it was chaotic and was very unruly. It is what 
you know, New York, what America was born out of, wasn't it? You know, it was basically born out of the afterbirth. <laughs> I watched a, um, a documentary about it yesterday, actually, after I watched the film. And they were saying that the film's pretty accurate, mm. but the timeline's very skewed. Yes. And they said by the time that this film is set, the date that this film is set, it was all starting to level out a bit more. Right. By that point. Yep. You know, it wasn't so violent. It was a bit more structured. Yeah. But I mean, it's, we've talked about this before. You change things to put it all into a two or three hour film, don't you? It's got to fit. Yeah. And to sequence it. And I think maybe that's yeah. why, you know, with Scorsese, he'd obviously got the book. He'd bought the rights. He knew about William Paul, who they changed to Bill Cutter, the butcher, Bob the, uh, Bill, Bill the butcher. Bob the builder. Bob the builder. <laughs> um, yeah. So they, they changed him and he, they, they, you know, did the glass eye bit. But, you know, did he have initially, did he have the story that he wanted to go through it? Because, you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio element is is made up. I mean, the dead rabbits yeah, were real, yeah. but but his that storyline was made up. Then obviously Cameron Diaz as well. That element was, was brought in and made up to give that romance and that sort of scenario. See, I like Cameron Diaz in a comedy film. Yeah, yeah. But in this... I, she was an odd choice for this film. She was the weakest link, wasn't she, in this yeah, film, yeah, I think. Yeah, she was. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I, think, I wouldn't um, say she was as bad as um, Keanu Reeves in Dracula, her accent, but <laughs> it wasn't... As, uh, <gasps> you mean Jonathan Harker? <laughs> is an odd choice. You feel sorry for him, don't you? You think, yeah. what are you thinking of, Coppola? Why are you putting him in there? Yeah, it was like, oh, we need to get some young people come and watch this. Let's stick Keanu Reeves in there. <laughs> and you can see he's really uncomfortable in it. Isn't yeah. He? He's like, I can't do this. Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> my English accent is shit. I haven't used it since Bill and Ted, so now I was taking the piss then. <laughs> but um, yeah, Cameron Diaz in this, it's... It, she didn't ruin it or anything like that. I think she. it just wasn't a character that was... Um, it didn't have the depth, perhaps, that... We, no, you was, no. was working alongside her, you know, in Bill Cutter and even DiCaprio's character. You know, it, she she felt quite not shallow, but yeah, not not quite as invested, perhaps. No, or not maybe not didn't have the ability to pull it off. And the thing that really annoyed me was right, they've been in the cave after she's repairing him for like five days. Yeah, she just fucks off. What was all that about? Yeah, no, it wasn't that. It was the fact that no. I'm looking at the teeth, thinking, Jesus Christ, they haven't got Colgate. They haven't got toothbrushes, and yet <laughs> they they've got, got perfect, yeah, and they got perfect teeth. <laughs> yeah, they got the American <laughs> dentistry, like they've got it now. Have yeah. they? No, I was like, piss off. And it all fucking patent place back then, was they, mate? No, they, you know, she'd have had no teeth. <laughs> she'd have had no teeth. Yeah, none of them would have had teeth, would they? Um, toothless. So I did notice the scene though with Cameron Diaz, where she was the turtle dove, and she, which is a, a, a thief who dresses up as like a housemaid, doesn't she? Yep. And goes in to a rich house and then goes and robs it. Yeah. And did you notice who the Lord of the Manor was there? No, I didn't. Who was it? It was it was Martin Scorsese at the table. Oh, at the table. Yes, I did. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Was that, that, yeah, that bit? Yes, I did see him at the table. Yeah, yeah you could recognise his eyebrows. And then did you notice who the... Um, the actor, when they're watching the play, and Abraham Lincoln's hanging from the ceiling. Do you see who that was? Yeah, that's, um. oh, what's he called? A British guy, isn't yeah. it? Uh, um, you almost said it. Yeah. John. John Sessions. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'm sure when they go to the party, when she's choosing the bloke in the in mirror, mirror, yeah, you hear someone announcing the party at the beginning, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's Matt Berry. You Matt know, Berry. Um, Toast of London and... Absolute radio. 
<laughs> I am Matt Berry. <laughs> it could have been, yeah. I was like, been. that's Matt Berry. Um, I couldn't find that. I was like, that's John Sessions. Googled it. Yeah, it's John Sessions. Yeah, it's John Sessions, yeah. That's Scorsese. I didn't even need to Google that. Yeah. But yeah, that Matt Berry. I can't find any evidence, but I'm fucking, I'm 100% it was him. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Sounds just word like for him. It. So I might be proven wrong. So anyway, so, you know, you're sort of saying about it loses its way or its pace a little bit. And it does because there's the big fight. Then he comes back and then he starts to narrate what's going on in the five points. And it's mm. like a history lesson. Mm. And I think this is where they've taken from the book because they're telling the history. There's the five points, you know, the five streets that intersect. You had the gangs, you had the, all the names of the gangs. You know, yeah. you had the, the Irish coming in. You had the immigrants from here, the Chinese, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he's sort of telling it through. And it runs like a, a bit of a history lesson. And they make a reference to the newspaper articles, which the book used yeah. to get a lot of its facts and stories. So it, you can't guarantee that any of it was true, but <laughs> going off of what the press at the time was saying and all of those things. So they're really playing off the book in that first bit. And then it kind of just sort of swings more around to just the story, doesn't it, developing. Mm. Um, and the rev- the idea of the revenge. He's come back for his revenge. Rwenge. But then he gets taken in, doesn't he, in, under the wing of uh, Bill, the, Bill the Butcher. Bill Very the butcher similar and- plot to The Departed. That was another school says. Yes, yes. Because this was the first of their collaborations, wasn't it? I mean, The Wolf of Wall Street they've done together as well, isn't it? That's great. That's more like oh, that classic. That's a fun film. That's more like yeah. classic Scorsese. Yeah, and, and DiCaprio's good in that as well, actually, isn't he? That's another one of his. Yeah, yeah that's where I saw, That's where he's hitting that run, isn't he? Where it's kind of like each film's just... Yeah. He's just cooking and cooking. I think that goes back... What's the one he did with Tom Hanks? Catch Me running, If You Can. You, catch Me If You Can, mm. you know, that sort of thing. It started, started getting quite interesting there, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, so th- there's a lot of interesting facts in there. There's some fantastic... Um, Beasts. Names names of the gangs oh when they're all in saying who's going to be in the big fight at the end and it goes around all yeah the, and they go all around the and say gangs. all the gang names but so herbert asbury when he when he sort of reported all this stuff they were talking about it. i mean there's two two elements to it there was the 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 native born americans and then there was the immigrants yeah and so those were the sort of main two gangs but then it was broken up into things like barry boys broadway boys carrionians i think i wrote it down as the chichesters the dead rabbit. So the dead rabbits comes from um, the term dead rabbits, apparently, Gaelic, which is Irish. Yeah, very feared. Yes, yeah. It's Gaelic, isn't it? Yeah. I did, yeah, I did. And, they, and the press misinterpreted it, wrote it as dead rabbits because they couldn't understand what the hell the Irish were saying to them. <laughs> and so that's where that name came from. And then they started apparently using the dead rabbit as a as a symbol at the front of their, as, you know, hanging off a spike. Um uh, but the the one that was really interesting was the plug uglies. Yeah. Did you get? Do you did you did you find anything about them? No. How they got their name? No. So the the firefighters basically just turned up, and whoever got there first was the one that got the insurance money payout. Right. So there was an element of racing. So there was lots of different fire brigades, and it was all the gangs, and they'd all have a fire brigade, and then they go, "There's a fire," and they'd all leg it out there, and they'd get there. But the plug uglies, what they did was they you'd have the water plugs, which are like the uh, what are they called Hi- yeah hydrants the hydrants that they have um and they put a barrel over it sit someone on it so they plug up the water plug basically and that's where they got the name the plug uglies from that's where their nickname came from because <laughs> someone would be sitting on it going i don't know where it is you can't have this one and, and they do the scene don't they where the fight they're all just having a fight and the house is burning down and then it, that one's gone and it spreads to the get to the next fire house <laughs> yeah and they're going in it's not even on fire that's not even on fire yet <laughs> that's my house yeah. 
That's how we get our money. <laughs> um, so that that's all based off of uh, factual or information that came from the book that had been picked up from the newspapers and the, and the stories and all of those things at the time. So some of it is like, was it true? You know, how much of it is true? And they've taken bits and pieces of it. But Bill, Bill the Butcher was a real guy. Yeah. And so was uh, William Tweed. But I'm not sure about DiCaprio and... No, I think they're probably just characters to move the plot along, aren't they? And I don't know either about um, Priest Valon, whether he was actually a a real character or not. I didn't get a lot... I didn't get a lot of information on him. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's... You know, so there was all that element to it. And then it did swing, didn't it? And then it became about their relationship and him being taken under the wing and him saving him and then his mate becoming more... uh, E.T. Elliot becoming more and more jealous. Um and and eventually he grasses, he grasses him, doesn't him up. he? Yeah, yeah, bastard. But yeah, I did. See, I enjoyed that sort of side of it. The love story, not so much. I like the the sort of the history and all the things behind it with the draft. It's quite interesting. Yes, yeah, know? yeah. That's and the right, draft, again, where you got to pay three hundred dollars to get out of the draft. So it's a, a rich I mean, man's classic, war, isn't it? you know. Yeah, absolutely. All the rich men pay for their sons to get out of it and all the poor have to go and fight. You can imagine that sort of thing happening now. Oh, yeah. You know, if there's a war, you can buy your way out of it. It's only £10,000. You could take out a student loan. Yeah. And you'd do that and then the next year they'd go, right, we're doing that again now. You need another 10000 to get out of it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the Civil War was going on. New York had a kind of its own, it was almost its own bubble, wasn't it, Mm. in that extent. Um, They didn't think the Civil War was going to come to them. And then, of course, it did. Then the draft appeared, and um, that crazy rule about paying paying your way out of it. And you could see how that would just piss them off. And so they do the bit with the candles, don't they? And they say, "Ah, oh, you know, the, apparently they've said if you want, if you think there should be more rioting and stuff, put a candle in the window." And and the rich guy's going, "Ah, oh, they just." They don't know what I'm talking about. It's going to be a dark night tonight. And then it shows you the streets and all the houses. And I've got candles up at the window. And you're thinking, yeah. You know, and they would have been pissed off. There must have been a huge... I mean, it was a huge divide, wasn't it? I mean, it's, that's the whole thing with the five points anyway, isn't it? The five points was the scum of the scum. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was a swamp, wasn't it, basically, that they built it on. Yeah. You know, there was no sewage. They were overcrowded. It was full of crime and murder and child poverty Child crime, child labour. Well, it was yeah, it was that time, wasn't it? I mean, even over in oh, in Britain chaos. as well, you know, like Dickensian time, wasn't it? It was. I found something yesterday. I can't find it now. Yeah, Charles Dickens went there. Yeah, and there's a really yeah, interesting, he went and had a look at it. A really interesting uh, paragraph of verse. Can I find it? Can I find oh, it? Can you? Can you find it? Oh, is this it here? It says here too are lanes and alleys paved with mud, knee deep underground chambers where they dance and game a bit like the uh the irish in titanic wasn't it down in the bottom of the titanic yeah, same yeah hadn't changed a lot had it by that point still had the divide uh hideous tenements which take the name from robbery and murder mm. all that is loathsome drooping and decay are here yeah i mean it is it's you know and and there was lots of stories of uh, reputations of things of different characters. The one that was interesting was she's at the start with the claws. Yeah, Hellcat, Hellcat Maggie, yeah. and apparently she there was a, a character. She did file her teeth apparently, mm. and um, also um, had a jar of ears and noses. Yeah, take pickled, a trophy, pickled ears and noses. That's what he says at yeah, the end of the that. fight, isn't it? Right, yep. trophies, ears and noses. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's like their parliament. They all go in a room and they go right. We're going to have a fight. Yeah. Uh, weapons. 
uh, uh, knives, coshes. Uh, yeah, no guns. <laughs> but, oh, respect yeah. to you. Oh, good lad. Good lad. <laughs> yeah, good choice. Well done. Yeah, and that, it's like, it's civilised. I mean, even when he comes over and he goes, he, he challenges him, doesn't he, uh, at the funeral, you know, and he, he goes, challenge. He goes, challenge accepted. I'll see you next Wednesday when we organise the fight. <laughs> the only bit where he wasn't sort of respectful was where he stabs the sheriff in the back, really, wasn't it? It's like he's losing it yeah, at that but point, I think, isn't he? And it, that's like a, a knee-jerk reaction, isn't it, almost? It's like, yeah, it is. But then at the same time, yeah, and that just goes to show how ruthless he really mm. is. You know, he didn't have any respect for the rules, did he? You know, no. oh, let's talk about it in a democratic way. My ass, I'm going to throw an axe in your back. <laughs> because the, the democratic <laughs> way is all was like you say corrupt anyway yeah so totally right. and um i think but uh, but that's the thing isn't it there were rules within the chaos mm. yeah i mean it, it's just terrifying what a scary time yeah so then basically the civil war they finally the soldiers do come there's lots of riots yeah the right because of the draft. and then the irish were hanging the blacks weren't they because oh yeah that was the Irish, which we haven't talked about here, were considered as black, really, weren't they? You know, well, they they were actually considered to be less than them, yeah, because they would come in off the boats more desperate for work, so they would actually charge less than the uh, for the job. So they were undercutting the, uh, the black. even the blacks, um, yeah, yeah. But then this is when they started to when the rioting took place. The Irish was hanging the blacks mm. so it was sort of like to legitimize them as whites yes you know that's yeah. why they was doing yeah. it and to make them more american and that's i think that's the weird thing about a lot of it isn't it you know and there's still you know things like black lives matter you know these these things that were set back then never quite been worked out no, no <laughs> you know it's, it's still happening and there's still this dis- level of disrespect and there's still there's still divide i don't think there's more as much segregation with the I- irish americans as there is no with the black no no definitely African not americans. no definitely not and uh, and the irish gangs certainly helped to bring certain mayors into power uh like there was a guy called mayor wood who came in off the back of the irish gangs helping uh and he was extremely corrupt so they used them to their advantage, I think, more. Yeah. But with Mayor Wood, you, you mentioned where the Metropolitan Police came into the equation. That's where they came in because it was so corrupt with the municipal police. That's when the Metropolitan Police appeared at the same time. So there was two police forces going on sort of against each other almost in the end. Mm. Mental. Even that, fighting over who's the police. But, you know, I don't know who'd done the cinematography on the film. It was, I liked it, like a nice mm. Michael Ballhouse. Okay. I don't know if he works with Scorsese a lot. Yeah, he has. He's done After Hours, The Colour of Money, Goodfellas. But yeah, in this, it was a really rich, mm. like really warm, rich colours, even though it was like a horrible dive of a place. It was always shot really warm and glowy. And it felt a bit, it was a bit strange. It was like... Maybe it was to make this horrible place seem a bit more it, inviting. Yeah, and, and it's it's got that theatrical element to it. Very much, yeah. Like the stage performance of you thinking there's not enough dirt, there's not enough grime. Because, you know, they they would do things like lob shit out of their windows at each other, you know, in the streets. And, um, <laughs> you know, there's, and, and like you read that passage there about uh, Charles Dickens and his knee high in mud. Well, it wasn't knee high in mud, was it? It was... Yeah, it just like yeah, you know, it was it was relatively clean. Yeah, and I think I think they kind of yeah, the grime wasn't really there as much as perhaps it would have been. And yeah, that's almost like a it's like a stage performance. It's a bit like um, 
I guess, uh, Les Miserables or something, you know. That's what I was saying about the... It reminded me of the way he framed a lot of the shots was very similar to what he'd done with Beat It and the bad videos. Yeah. You know, so the there's gang a, fights in that. A sort of, it's a dance-off with Daniel Day-Lewis going... Hey, Surprised he didn't make a musical of it. Maybe he wanted to. But yeah, it's, a, it's like... It's interesting film, but it's been... It's took me 20 years to watch it again, you know, and... I don't think I'll watch it for another 20 years. I, t- I was going to say, I'm definitely picking the vibe <laughs> that you didn't enjoy it as much as possibly nah. you could have done. No, no. Or I did. <laughs> but again, you know, I, and that's why it's important. That, I think that's why it's good to revisit things because I'd been wanting to watch it again for a while because I'd read the book. Yeah. So I wanted to go back and sort of see where they'd taken it. And yeah, that's always interesting, isn't it? To compare a book to a film. Yeah, it adds another, it adds another, dim- uh, another dimension to it, doesn't it? Another layer yeah. of interest. Um, but actually what it did was weaken the film. Yeah, very often happens as well, doesn't because it? Because I could sort of see where it's becoming, you know, where he's just, they're just, yeah, how it's been pieced together perhaps a bit more. I don't know, yeah. But again, so for me, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, I think is brilliant in this. I think Leonardo DiCaprio's character is is good. You can sort of see where he's heading. Um, William Tweed's really good, interesting character. I think you could go down that route. Yeah, I think they were my, t- my two favourites in it really was Daniel Day-Lewis and Tweed. Yeah, yeah. And if they could have come up with a more interesting plot just between them and fuck the Leonardo DiCaprio character off perhaps it would have been a more accurate film yeah the fight between those (laughs) yeah I think that would have been a a, a more tense Mm. could have been a more tense film couldn't it because the power of the politician versus you know the the gang leader so to speak and and, yeah but yeah I I enjoyed the film I think it's good I but I'm I am a little less inclined to watch it again since I've read the book and the history element to it, you know, that's fascinating. But I don't know. There's some great performances in it, like we said, but you knew you was watching a film. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the bit in the tenement, isn't it, where they go in at the start and it shows you up through and they're all fighting. And it, it's like everyone in every box is doing exactly the same thing <laughs> and they're all the way up. And they're just, it's like, and that just, yeah, that, that sort of for me took it to a place where that didn't feel like a real place. No, it almost looks like what Wes Anderson does, isn't it? If you've seen The Life Aquatic with Steve Suzu, where he's like, yeah, comes out yeah. of the boat and it's like obviously he's on a stage, but it looks fake, but you yeah. accept it for being fake. Well, it it reminded me. It reminded me of the the intro to the Muppets. You know where they're all there and it just. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So perhaps you know there is that element of stage performance yeah. about it. I think. Now you come to mention. But I do it. like. Well, I, you know, I did need to watch this again. I hadn't watched it since it came out. So yeah, well, thank you ever so much, Robin, for choosing this week's film. Yes, well, I think after your opinion of it, I don't think I'll bother in future. <laughs> you but just choose a better one next time. <laughs> I'll try harder. No, no, it was it was interesting. And the second um, Scorsese film we've done, and they've both been DiCaprio Scorsese. So I think mm. when we do a Scorsese film next time, we might have to do Casino or Goodfellas or something. Get a De Niro yeah, yeah. in there. All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's my choice next week. Good. Have you got one lined up? All right. Yeah, go on then. Um, let's do 
tell me, what have you got? Let's do Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, Close Encounters of the First Kind is classic, 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 classic. Yeah, I uh, I haven't watched that for a long time. We haven't done a Spielberg film yet, and I was thinking, right, what yeah. Spielberg film? Have we not? Oh. No, what Spielberg film can we throw into the mix? And after Jaws, it's probably my favourite Spielberg film. So, And there's kind of a link there as well between that one... And this one, because Elliot's from E.T.'s in this one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm up for that. That'll be really good. So join us next week if you'd like to hear us talk about Closing Counter the Third Kind. And we must come up with a question for that. We must. All right, Robert, good to see you all. Yeah, and everyone, thanks ever so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, then please subscribe, rate us. Any help you can give us to uh, reach far and wide would be much appreciated. Nice one. I'll see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.